Hello, and welcome to Danley and Friends. I'm your host, Ryan Danley. On this podcast, I seek to spread joy by connecting you with my friends and other people who are doing positive things in their community and in the world at large. I also seek to spread connection through encouraging open dialogue, having difficult conversations, and exploring new ideas and concepts. All right, man. Well, I got my dude DT with me back again. I'm back. AKA Big Broccolini. You know what it is. Grab a glass, podcast host, and my guy, man. Uh, you know, he's been going strong. He's got 70 podcasts deep. Yeah, uh, it's a feat that not too many people do. You know, usually people start out, you get one or two episodes, as many as 10 episodes, and then people kind of gracefully bow out. But uh, my guy's been going. And so uh, initially, I have, you know, people give their elevator pitch when they come on here. I kind of want to hear your new elevator pitch as it pertains to how you've changed uh, related to this journey that you've been on with podcasting. Oh, yeah. And, and the move and everything else going on in your life, man. The new job, you know, you so many, so many positive things. It's crazy. Like, you know, they say they talk about like how stuff happens all at once. And it really did. Uh, I think the last time I was on, I wasn't married yet. Yeah, that's true. Now I'm, I'm married and it's like, it feels like every time my wife, Veronica, brings up like when we got married and how long it's been, I'm like, there's no way it's only been that amount of time. So that was, that's big. And I feel like that, that really gives a foundation for everything else that, that has happened and has gone on. So we moved from Chicago to Nashville uh, as, a, as a work move for her. And I was able to be remote at my job. So that was new. Um, like I said, we got married. We actually got married uh, on a Wednesday. Flew down to Nashville to look at nine houses in a day on a Thursday. Uh, Jeez. Put in an off- offer for that place on a Friday and, and bought a house down here in Nashville on a Sunday. Our place had actually been, uh, had an offer on the previous Friday. So just like literally the last, call it three months, it's just been full go. Um, which since the last time I talked to you, obviously the podcast was, I don't know how many episodes it was, but now I definitely have my footing with it. Um, the consistency piece that we always talk about, that everybody talks about with content and just anything you want to do, I like stand on that. The eighth principle, persistence. Napoleon Hill defines persistence as the power of will. Willpower and desire, when properly combined, make an irresistible pair. Persistence to an individual is what carbon is to steel. In uncounted thousands of cases, persistence has stood as the difference between success and failure. It is this quality more than any other that keeps the majority from great accomplishment. They'll try a thing, but as soon as the going gets tough, they fold. Experience with thousands of people has proved that lack of persistence is a weakness common to the majority of men. It is a weakness which may be overcome by effort. If you are to accomplish the desire you've set for yourself, you must form the habit of persistence. Things will get dark. It will seem as though there's no longer any reason to continue. Everything in you will tell you to give up, to quit trying. And it's right here that the men are separated from the boys. It's right here that if you'll go that extra mile and keep going, that the skies will clear and you'll begin to see the first signs of the abundance that is to be yours because you had the courage to persist. With persistence will come success. And I've had a, an opportunity to have people on my show. Obviously, I had you on my show, too. How much inspiration I'm taking from other people. How many 
people believe in what I'm doing and how important it is for me to keep going because I have those people that not only believe in me, but I don't want to be one of those podcasters where it's like, okay, I'll see you next week. And it's like episode whatever. And then you never fucking hear from me again. (laughs) So there's like that pressure on me, but it's like the good pressure. I put the pressure on myself. I have people who listen every week. Um, And I know you're one of those people. So I got to thank you for that too. But yeah, man, it's like, I'm a podcaster now. Like this is, this is what I do. And I guess I was then too. But you know, the more you do anything, the more confidence you have in it, right? Where it's like, you don't even think about it. So yeah, yeah man, it's, it's been a whirlwind. I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a podcaster, I'm a, you know, I'm a, uh, a Nash villain or whatever the fuck they call it <laughs> down here. <laughs> down there with the hot chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down here with the Nashville hot chicken. And one of my buddies was like, yo, you guys don't even have a baseball team. Sounds <laughs> is like a minor league team. It's like, oh man, it's different, but it's been cool, man. And it's uh, the growth just overall has been been interesting since the last time we chatted, man. What do you think's been like the most profound change in you? I mean, you, you talk about all these things. You're married now, and yep. uh, you know, I know you have a strong relationship with V, and so it's not like you know much has changed, but that is like something that solidifies it. So that is like kind of a difference, like you know internally um you know you get that you get the podcast that you're feeling confident about like you've grown bro you know can you describe that and like what's been profound yeah i mean definitely from like a marriage standpoint like i said it gives you this foundation right where it's like and i I don't mean to say it like this but like you know people say like oh we were playing house to 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 a degree right where like it wasn't official um we had everything was still separate you know what i mean um down to from finances to like cell phone, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, our names, et cetera. So even though we were moving as a unit, we weren't viewed as one. And even down to honestly, bro, making the decision to get married when we did in the pandemic, I didn't get to uh, like work my proposal that I wanted to because we were in a pandemic. Um, we got married in the pandemic. We, were, we wanted to have a traditional wedding like everybody else or people that did outside the pandemic, but we made the decision just to go to the courthouse. So that whole like process of us being like, okay, let's just choose each other. It'll be me, you, a photographer, and the judge. And that's how we're going to rock. And that's we're going to decide, okay, this is it. That was big. Yeah. Um, so even the decision and how we had to, you know, even though I, I'm sure she had dreams of, of what her wedding was going to be, what our wedding was going to be, and I definitely did. For us to be able to adjust together, that was big. Um, and so that, to me, showed even more so that we can operate as a unit and, and move however, because shit's going to get thrown at us. You know this. I know this. Shit's going to get thrown at us no matter what. So just making that choice was big, and I think that that was really awesome for us. Um, she also works on the podcast, too. And so, like I said, I just have a a good foundation of people around me that believe in me, that even when I'm like a little iffy on like, you know, what have you, people reaching out to me, telling me what's good about the podcast. Veronica's always in my ear about, oh, you should do this. You should do that because you're good at it. You could do this. Um, That's been big. When things get tough and you can count on it, they will. You may be deserted by what you thought were friends. But if you've got a good woman, 
you'll never be alone. She'll be willing to start over again if necessary, and she'll give you the new enthusiasm that comes through her faith in you. Having someone to love is having someone to share your success and accomplishments, to give you the praise that all of us need from time to time. A man can become successful without a wife and family, but all the real joy is taken out of it. Take care of your wife and children as your greatest possessions. And having guests on the podcast was big for me, too. That was a step that I was a little uncomfortable with. You know this. We, we had uh, some conversations about just, like, what that would be like. Because I was a one-voice podcast for a real long time, where it's like, I get to say whatever I want. I didn't like it. Go back, delete. You know what I mean? It was, it was, there was, like, a safety net there. Um, but forcing myself to change that was good. Um, and then, you know, moving down here, that was a... You know, it's been good. It's been really great. Um, Nashville's cool. It's safe. It's quiet. It's definitely different than Chicago, where I was my entire life, besides Indy for four years. So I don't even know if we can count that. Like, we were in, we were in a bubble. We were in the Butler bubble, like they said. <laughs> it's uh, a blink when you really look back it, on it, it, man. It really is, man. It's such a blink. Um, to moving down here and not knowing a soul. Like, she had some coworkers down here that she knows, but that's why we moved down here, so that she could be in an office. So for me to come down here and not know anybody... And be a newlywed, be starting a new job, um, trying to get my podcast going. That was a, a move that happened kind of out of nowhere. She got a promotion. And then now all of a sudden I got to live my life as a, a married man here, not knowing anybody. So that pushed me in a way that was kind of unexpected. It's gotten, it's voted a lot of free time for me to just think and decide who I want to be and what, why I want my podcast to be and all that. So Change, man. Really, that's what it's been is change. Some of it I, I wanted. Some of it I, I had no idea was coming. Some of it I knew was coming, but I didn't think it was coming like this because of the pandemic, because of a move, because of whatever. So I think the growth came from change because that's what other constant do we have, obviously, besides the death and taxes is change, man. <laughs> that's it. Hey, straight up, man. And it's difficult for a lot of people to go through that change. Yeah. Uh, and people want to cling to what's familiar and what's comfortable. Uh, they talk about the devil we know. Um, you know. You've talked lately about this idea of reflecting on events through, you know, the eyes of an adult. You know, like looking back at things we went through like as a kid or yep. different things that have happened in life. Uh, you know, as you've reflected on your journey, like what are some of those things that you've been revisiting, man? For sure. That's a, that's a great question. Um, as I think about like, you know, okay, so when you get married, you know this. And once you get married, it's depend, I guess depending on when you get married, right? There are some people that we both know that got married like right out of school. And mom and daddy probably was, were still helping or whatever. Maybe in no, no shade to any of those people. I'm sure that was great. Um, you get married and you're 30 plus. I feel like an adult now. I really feel like a real adult. Um, and because of that, because I've gotten married and because, you know, with that, hopefully will come children in the world that we're in, where there's so much shit going on, politics and global pandemics and, um, just like natural disasters and, and, you know, all, all these things that are happening, you know, uh, Israel and, and Palestine and, you know, Afghanistan and the Taliban, like all this shit that's going on, it's like, 
thinking back to like how a lot of that was going on in every generation, right? Yeah. But for like, when I think about like what happened, because I actually did a, uh, an interview with a publication in my old neighborhood. And we went to my uh, grade school and they, you know, they took a bunch of pictures and it was really cool. And that'll come soon. And I'll, you know, we'll talk about that later, but that's dope. Uh, we went back to my elementary school and there was a plaque from September 11th, 2001. And it triggered in my brain the fact that I was there for that at that elementary school. I was at like the assembly. I think I was part of the choir that sang. And me thinking about the fact that like, while all of us like call it millennials, 30 to whatever the millennial is, 25 to 40, whatever it is, who knows? Um, and while we're thinking like, oh man, it's so crazy right now. It's been like, like every generation has to go, has had to go through something like wild. Yeah. In September 11th, like we were young. So we didn't have to think about what that was like as an adult. Like, yeah, I'm sure there was some, some fear as kids or what have you, but our parents told us that it was going to be okay or whatever it may be. Kissed us goodnight. And we believed them and we just went to bed while they may have told us that and went to the other room and went, holy shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, straight up, straight up. I probably just lied to him or her, right? <laughs> right. So it's like one of those things where it's like, as I, now I'm an adult, I'm married, we're thinking about children at some point down the road. How am I preparing myself for, I guess, my, my whole adult life but potentially bringing kids in? What are the traumas that I have? What are the things that, you know, I'm having to process for the first time as an adult? So those are some of the things that I've been going back to. It's like, oh my God, yeah, I was alive for September 11th. I didn't have to deal with it. Yeah, I didn't have to think about like, oh God, like there, you know, I understood as like, however old I was, 10, that people had passed away, but I didn't think about like, oh, I'm, I have to go downtown. And work in a, like, in a building or, you know what I'm saying? So, like, just going back to all the things that I think happen in every generation, unfortunately or fortunately, and now preparing myself to be an adult and go through them. With the, the notion that there is knowledge out there from elders or what have you, because nothing new ever happens. Every now, I guess there are some things that have happened recently that are, that are semi-new. Um, but there's ways to get through it. And so just going through all that stuff, man, it's been, it's been really interesting, especially with all the time that I have. Dude, I bet, man. Um, I heard the quote, and I don't know if this is exactly it, and I can't even remember who it's attributed to. But it was like, uh, they said, history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And so, you know, I think things That's definitely, fun. you know, like that, they definitely kind of replay, man. So it's like, if you are a student of that and you watch what happens and you reflect like you're talking about, you can see those things, but man, it, that's wild. Like you reminded me, like I was what, 13 years old and they rolled a TV in and we watched these people blow up on television. Definitely, they definitely rolled the TV in too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely strapped to like a fucking car. It, it was strapped on a car. It, it, like, it. it was like super top heavy. I was like, how do those not yeah. fall over? You know, <laughs> there was definitely there had definitely had to be a much more efficient way of doing that. Like, right. Just bring it up to the TV. Don't bring the TV in here. Like what? What? Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, like know. you were 13 years old. That that happened. That tragic thing happened. That changed the history of our entire country. And you went home, or or your parents came and got you, or whatever. 
and your parents told you, or your mom told you it was cool, you'll be okay. And your ass took your ass to sleep and then went woke, woke up and went to school and played on the playground like nothing was going on. Right. Meanwhile, adults are like literally in the living room pacing like, yo, do we need to get out of here? Like, like do I need to buy a strap? Like, you know what I mean? Like, they made it through that. And so it's like, how do I prepare myself as an adult not to lose my marbles when shit like this happens? Because it's easy, man. There's a lot, like we talked about, there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot of shit being politicized. There's a lot of things happening nationally, internationally. It's just like, yo, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I, don't, I can't just call my mom and her be like, it's okay, and then wake up and go play on the playground. Like, I got to be ready to handle shit if shit goes down. Right, right. So, man, there are actually a couple threads in that that I want to pull on. One is, you know, I'm very, I'm very curious about, you know, what are those things in society that you've been focused on? Yep. But uh, ahead of that, I'm curious, how have you not lost your marbles? You know what I mean? What, what have you been doing to, to stay sane through a global pandemic with all the stuff going on in your I'll life be, and I'll be honest, in society? Man, there are days there are <laughs> days where I'm like, man, am I losing it? I'm <laughs> fucking losing it in here, which I'm sure other people can can uh can agree with and attest to because it's happening to them too. Um, you know, I'm I'm lucky to have a a family that I, I talk to every day. I talk to my mom and my brother every day. Um, so that's nice. We kind of download and you can, you know, hear this per- this is on this person's mind. Let's talk about it. Or, you know, mom, did you see this shit? Like, you know, we kind of talk about <laughs> it. We always kind of like go through it and make sure like everybody's good before we hang up. So that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. It really is. Um, it's really nice. You know, music is is huge for me. I woke up today, honestly, this morning, uh, and worked out, and I just I just felt like I. You you ever get these rushes where like just in life? Let's not even talk about like the shit around the house. Just like you're not doing enough. All I had, the like, time. Where I swear, like, I was moving like I normally move, but my brain was just like, yo, go over there, clean that up. And did you, have you done this yet? And did you send your brother that link you told him? Like, literally, my brain was just like fucking sprinting 25 miles per hour on a treadmill. I felt like, you know, I, the, the dudes on the milk crates that, like, have tried to run and, like, they're falling and they're breaking like their shaking and shit. Like, yeah. That's literally how I felt. And I just threw on some music and... I think my brain started to just focus on the lyrics that I knew and just like, and I just, it just soothed me in a really weird way. So that's, that's been, that's been therapeutic for sure. My mom's like that, bro. My yeah. mom is exactly like that. Like she comes over and oftentimes me and Kelsey operate in silence separate from each other because Kelsey would have like an AirPod in listening to like a book or something like that. And I usually only pop out for a minute before I go back into my room and like, I'm either recording something or doing something. But, like, my mom, she'll come over and she's, like, way too quiet. Puts her phone on, plays some music. Yeah. And, you know, it just chills her out. It, it just, it just, I don't know. It just made, it was super. And I don't even know where that came from for me to do that. I mean, I listen to music. But it wasn't necessarily a time where I necessarily do. And I was just like, I just got, I got to, something's got to go on in here. Like, yeah, my brain is just fast. Um, the podcast for sure has been therapeutic, which. Yo, <laughs> I always laugh at this fucking quote that I keep seeing on social media. And, you know, it's usually the ladies that put it out there like, why do men uh, create podcasts instead of going to therapy? <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I take offense to that. 
And uh, I do therapy, and the podcast wasn't for that, but it has therapeutic because it forces me to have to vocalize what to think and, and put it in a way that I have to vocalize it. And there actually have been times, the last episode I did um, in the masses, where I actually recorded it literally. And there were just moments in it where I kept saying on the microphone, I'm just rambling. I'm just rambling. And the minute I, I think I said it like the third time, the minute that happened, I was like, well, I'm not putting this out. But this is helping me with something. I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, I just, it wouldn't be how I would put it out there. So that's been helpful for sure. Um, the podcast, certainly. Yeah, man. Uh, and then lastly, you know, just, I mean, I talked about my family, but just some of the other relationships that I have. Because there's not a whole lot that we're doing that other people around us aren't going through or thinking about. So just being honest with other people, like, you know, I'll never forget um, a couple years ago, maybe like two years ago. And this is something that I kept super private about my student loans. I never, ever talked about it. Um, or my finances, for that matter. And uh, I had really started to get, getting my finances together. And my credit score was just, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I just wasn't doing the right things. And once I started doing the right thing, my credit score just started to fucking skyrocket. <laughs> it's not that great. It's, it's good, but it ain't. I'm not on here capping like, like an 890 or anything crazy like that. But it's good. Uh, and I was just at a, like a, I wouldn't even call it like a party. It was just like a get together with some friends. And I was having a conversation with a friend. And I just so happened to mention, you know, as, as you catch up, I was like, oh, like, it's, it's going. Like it's my credit score is going up. And that person who I would have assumed had like literally that 890, that 900, I, I don't know how high it goes. I think it's 850. <laughs> They're like, yeah, I, me too. And I was so taken aback by that. Because I thought it was unique to me. That I must be the only person whose credit score is just not as great as I want it to be. Or like you and I talk about like, you know, manifestation and process and all this stuff. If, if one of us hadn't brought that up to the other one, like we would be so isolated in this, this oh, it's just me thing. So anything that I'm, I'm thinking about, if I don't share it on the podcast or if I haven't gotten around to sharing, on the pod, sharing it on the podcast, I'll just talk to a friend about it. And it's, it's, it's not unique to me which makes it me feel like I should talk about it on the podcast. So kind of all that stuff, man, it's been, it's been really, really good in this, this time where there's a lot of, you know, we're still in a pandemic. We're still dealing with all the politicized BS. There's all types of things that are, are affecting other people in the world. And, you know, those are the kind of the things that I've been, I've been leaning on a little bit for sure. That's what's up, man. Uh, that's profound. Um, I, I've noticed the community that you've been building and I've noticed the increase in your followers. I've noticed the increase in the engagement that you've been getting and the different accounts that I've been sharing your stuff. And, uh, it's beautiful to see, man. And yeah. like your titles are clever. Uh, the content's clever. It's well thought out. It's well researched. Um, and if you don't know it, you admit it. You know what I mean? It's, it's oh, honest. Yeah. It's authentic. So it's like, I don't know, man. I think that's beautiful. And uh, thank you, man. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. 
and like fuck people that say stuff like oh it's like therapy and like i don't know man I, i've been on this new wave that i've been trying i've been trying i've been doing it you either do it or you don't um of not hating you know like not yeah. hating on people whatsoever because i think you only have so much energy and it's like why would i spend my time hating when i could focus on making my life better like i can focus on positive things around me and like the, the people that are doing things I like and like engaging with them and stuff. And yep. so I stopped even thinking about hating on shit. Cause it's like, yeah. Okay. Like, cool. They're doing that. That's not for me. Like it's for them, you know? Sure. It's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing. Uh, different podcasts that I've been listening to recently have just talked about that. And I know it's been something that's kind of been on my lips on the podcast. It's just like this whole like weird how weird social media is, how we, how we think we see everything about everybody, but we know damn well we're not seeing everything. And the things that we do see, like, you just immediately go into comparison mode. Immediately. You know, like, and how that bodes hate and how that holds us all back. Like, you know, if you're in a relationship and somebody else gets engaged and you're not engaged yet. Like all of a sudden it's like, do you like her ring? It's like, oh, like it's like, Jesus, like be happy for them. Right. You know, um, this whole celebrity culture that I keep talking about where it's like, we have this weird relationship with these people who are making money or who have a lot of followers or what have you. And we judge a lot of them. And I'm guilty of it too. I talk about celebrities on my podcast and I, I usually try to give them the grace of me a not knowing them or their situation. But I know that a lot of people don't where it's like somebody that's a celebrity or a public figure does something and we we're ready to trash them. And we don't know nothing about them. And because they have more than us, we may feel like more is expected of, of them. But I'll tell you right now, if tomorrow my podcast takes the fuck off, I go from, however many followers I have to 1.5 million followers and somebody comes and gives me some big deal. and All of a sudden I'm famous. I'm going to be the same dude to a degree. Yeah. So where don't expect too much more from my ass, <laughs> like, <laughs> like morality and knowledge and what have you hold me accountable. Don't hate on me because now all of a sudden I got money and now you expect me to be some angel. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. So yeah, I feel like I feel like hate is, you know, it's aging people for sure. <laughs> yeah. And if you plan on getting anywhere in life, man, you just don't have time for that. But yeah, if you're if you're planning on doing anything that's you know, uh where you're going to get anywhere, you kind of have to have blinders on and not care too much about whatever anybody else is doing. Unless it's driving you to be better. But if you're sitting there being like, oh, I did this and they did this and it's no better than what I did. So yeah, I'm good. Like that's, it's not going to get you anywhere. Hating is only going to age you. That's it. Comparison is the thief of joy, man. It is, man. It really it is. is. And the thing about it is we don't even know how the person got what they got or what they had to do, what they had to give for it. Or what it's like behind the scenes for real. Because you talk to people and, you know, Maybe they didn't put down 20% on their house. Maybe they put down three and a half. You know, maybe they, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with it. I, I, I think 
whatever you have to do to advance your position in life or your station in life, I think is wonderful. I think yeah. go for it because that's what your barometer should be, improving yeah. who you were before. But I think that often people overextend themselves to put up a facade at the expense of their happiness. Yeah. And you don't understand like how they feel every day. You know what I mean? It's um it's interesting. As you you asked me earlier about like some of the stuff that I'm I'm going back and thinking about, just like overall, just like what's what's going on in my life, right? And we just mentioned like what what people have to go through or give up or you know, who knows how that universe operates. Cause I, I you know. It's never, it never is lost on me that some of the people that are the most successful, you hear their story, you're like, how the fuck did they make it through that? Yeah. Like, yeah. There was some sort of trade-off there. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story and I won't, I won't give you any names or what have you, but I was on a team and I wasn't playing as much as I really wanted to. And the person who was playing at the time, I felt like, they deserved it, but I felt like I deserved some of the pie too, so to speak. Um, and years later, come to find out that this person was going through a lot of shit that in my wildest dreams, bro, I, I don't think I could have ever been able to deal with the stuff that that person was going through. And there was a situation that was similar with somebody in our families that had a health issue. And the person that was related to them was really, really struggling. And the person in my family was doing really, really well. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, I can only imagine. So here I am like semi envious of this person because they're playing more on this team. But yet that person's probably semi envious of me because the person in my family with the health that she was doing better and the person with in their family with the health that she was doing not so good. Yeah. It's like, it's so weird what we envy each other for not knowing. Like literally, I think we talked about it once. It's like, put your problems in. If, if everybody put their problem, and this is so cliche, but who gives a shit? Everybody put their problems in. You're going to grab your shit back in yep. a heartbeat. You have no idea. This person may be a billionaire and may be dealing with the most ridiculous crazy shit that you'd be like, nope, I'll keep my little $200 I got in my pocket. Right, right. <laughs> and be just fine. I don't want these problems, you know? I don't want these issues. It's crazy, man. It's nuts. Yeah. You never know. You never know, man. And uh, I, I think life is such a unique game. And I, I consider it a game now because I think it helps me stay motivated to move forward when times get hard because it's okay. kind of like, uh, okay, you know, I can do this. I can play this. Uh, I know that if I can get through this, uh, I'm as strong as that now. You know, everything else that's not as bad as this won't feel as bad in comparison. So, yeah. you know, what what can fuck with me? You know what I mean? So Yeah, keep pushing. You won't go backwards. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, talk to me about, you, you said uh, a little bit about therapy when you're bringing up the podcast. And, uh, you know, talk to me about your journey with therapy, man. Because... You know, something that we've touched on, like, previously. Um, how's it been for you? Yeah, man. It's, uh, I think my biggest struggle has been, or I guess my biggest struggle with it. So, I did it briefly in college. 
going through some shit that I just couldn't shake. Uh, and it went, it, there was a long period of time where I wasn't even thinking about it. And then it got to a point where I was like, oh, I might need it. I think I want it. Okay, I don't think so. I'm good. I'll be fine. I'm great. I'm cool. And then it was like, okay. Then I started just finding excuses why I didn't, I didn't either need it or want it. Oh, I got to find a, I want to find a black therapist or, you know, I don't want to, you know, this is, this is always, this is, even, even to this day, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I want to say that. I don't know if I want to share that part of me. I don't yeah. know if, um, I don't want my business out there like that. It's, it's tough revealing some of that shit. And, and I can reveal a lot of goofy shit. Like, I, I feel like I don't take myself too serious. And I'll, I'll say I, you know, broke a glass recording a podcast. Like, I don't get embarrassed by that type of stuff. But there's some stuff that we all have where it's like, I got to say this to somebody. Yeah. Um, but that's a freeing thing. And I think that's been helpful. Sometimes for me, it's just the fact that it's all built up and I haven't said it. I haven't said how I really feel. I literally am your, I hate to say it like this, but your stereotypical black male or, or, or woman for that matter, because I know that they bear a lot of shit that we'll never know as, as black men. Where I'm just like, I'm, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll just take it. I won't say nothing. Nobody cares. No one's listening. No one's coming to save me. I'll be fine. And just by releasing some of it, not necessarily having the problem solved by releasing it and then working on it, it's made my days feel less cloudy and more sunshine. Hey. Like, oh, it's off. I said that shit finally. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I finally said how I felt about this thing that's been fucking with me for forever. Because just pushing it, pushing it, pushing it down is just, you know, it ain't, it ain't it. And once, I think once you get over that hurdle, it, it, it feels good and you, you get better, especially if you end up deciding to do the work. Because you can go to therapy and lie. I always laugh at uh, The Sopranos. It's one of my favorite shows. And Tony used to take his ass to the dock. And lie like shit. I'm like, why are you even going? Right. <laughs> what are you even doing? Because that's not how it works. You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you? It's literally like paying for a gym membership and then going in there and like taking a two and a half and like, you know, or whatever you do. You're, you're, do, you're not even pushing yourself. You're just throwing, you're just wasting your time. So that's, that's, that's kind of where it was from the, the barrier of entry. But it's, it's just allowed me to be more expressive outside of that quote-unquote room. Um, it's not a room anymore. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> like yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it was getting over the barrier of, of feeling like I could handle it, feeling like I don't want to tell somebody my business, feeling like I can't say the thing that was, but it, it's been years. I don't need it. Nobody cares. It's over. Like, eh, maybe it's not over for me yet. So that, that's, that's where it's been for me. And I, I found the right person. And I just pray that they have a good therapist. Because what they've done for me, I hope that somebody's been able to do that for them too. You know? Damn, that's, uh, 
That's beautiful, man. That's that's wonderful to wish that for someone else because it's such a gift. Um, I think we can give people things and you have this little burst of, you know, serotonin or dopamine or whichever one. And like, it makes you happy for a little bit, but the space that's created by that freeing feeling that you're talking about is it's priceless. You know, it's priceless. There's, there's, I don't know. It's just nothing that you would, would do to replace that. I think. And I, I think it's important for people to hear about it. Too, because another thing that kind of pushed me was how some of my close friends who I thought were doing the same, you know, quote unquote, white knuckling it with me would be going through something. But like, yeah, I'm talking to my therapist about it. Like, you know, you don't say this, but in the moment, like, you got a therapist? Like, (laughs) right, right, right. You know, and another friend would be like, yeah, you know, I'm really struggling with this at work. And so like, yeah, I think this will definitely be on the, on the, the topic list for my therapist. I'm like, Shorty, you got a therapist? Like, I'm like <laughs> the, now I'm definitely the only one. You know what I'm saying? Who, who's yeah. not working on themselves. Who's not releasing some of that trauma, some of that crazy energy that's in their brain. And I think for some people, they just need to hear like, oh yeah, your homie who's thriving, he's in therapy. Oh, homegirl who just seems to be emotionally good. She's not like unstable she just needs to talk to somebody just to get the the the, the jitters and sh- like all the anxiety out it's normal it's normal you know yeah um so that helped me too it's just you know and that's why you know it's good to talk about because people nobody assumes that but it, it's better for you to hear it because now you're like okay all right person fuck with that person ain't nothing wrong with that person the stigma of it the mystery of it, once that's gone, it's like, and you get over that hurdle of being iffy about telling, like, telling a person how you felt about something. Yeah, it releases you from all that, which is good. It does, man. I think uh, you have to find a safe person, you know, someone that makes you feel comfortable enough to share that stuff. Because like you said, it's, it's very vulnerable. But, uh, man, one thing that I learned, interestingly enough, from 8 Mile is, you know, in that last scene when he's freestyling and he just basically, like, puts all his laundry on the table. It's like, yeah, so-and-so did fuck my girl. You know, I'm still sitting here screaming, fuck the free world. Like, you know, it's like, here, you can say whatever you want. Here's all the stuff that you could possibly say about me. Now what ammo do you have? Like, I think that's kind of how I felt about therapy in my own mind a little bit because... Like once I've kind of let some things go and gotten them out, it's like I no longer worry about them because they're no longer like inside me. Like I threw it out and now I can't torment myself about it anymore because I freed myself of it, you know? There's a lot of beauty and honesty. And I think a lot of us spend a lot of time lying to ourselves. We know some shit happened. Or we know that it affected us, but we lie to ourselves about the fact that we don't feel like it's holding us back, that we don't feel like it's hurting us, that we don't feel like revealing that would help us. We're like, oh, no, it's cool. Like, you're all right. Like, you, you made it back and forth this week. Like, you know, you didn't, 
I don't know, spaz out at the job. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, yeah, you you survived. But did you thrive? Do you feel free? Do you feel as good as you could? Is it holding you back? The answer is probably yeah. So we may not lie to ourselves about the fact that it happened or even that it's affecting us. But I think we lie about like what the benefits are of letting it go. That's why I think forgiveness is so tough for people. Oh, yeah. I mean, fuck that, man. It happened forever ago. Like, I don't need to talk to that person. Like, sometimes you might need to like let them know what happened. Or if not, vocalize it, write it down, whatever it may be, to just get it off you and out of you. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm, there's beauty in the, the honesty of just, this is how I really felt about that shit. Yeah, it was six years ago. That shit hurt, man. You know? Mm-hmm. I didn't like how that felt. Or, yeah, I still think about, or, you know, whatever it may be. It releases something in you and that, that honesty with yourself and your therapist or whoever it may be. It, it releases you from something, man. I think, I think there's major benefits to it for yourself, selfishly. Self-preservation is the key to everything. Hey, put your own oxygen mask on first before, you know, you put anybody else's. 100%. But I think holding on to that anger, holding on to that resentment and stuff, those feelings, um, they say it's like holding on to a hot coal because uh, it only burns yourself, you know? Like, yeah. it only makes you feel bad. And um, I've had a physical change since I've been going to therapy in that I used to, like, have this tightness in my chest, like an anxiety, like, yeah. at the center of my being that has... Um, not all subsided, because um, I think there's like a phys- physical element to it too, but um, it's very much been muted since I've started mm-hmm. therapy. And uh, it's, it's freeing, it's relieving. Um, and interestingly, at work, we take, I've, I've taken this uh, exam or this uh, assessment, it's called the Hogan assessment. And it's like this super con- comprehensive assessment about your values, like what motivates you, uh, what excites you, like what your blind spots might be. And it's for the sake of like development. And it's like, it's very vulnerable. It's like a 46 page report. And so people really feel some way about it because it's how, um, not how you perceive yourself, but how others perceive you is the perspective that it's given from. And so you you read it and you're like, damn, okay, you know, I might have known some of this stuff, but to see it all written out, is very uh, uncomfortable. But uh, another idea I've been toying with lately is, like, I used to hate feedback because you hate to hear that, you know, you suck at something. But now I've been enjoying it because I'm like, okay, tell me what I can get better about because if I value your opinion first and foremost and I want that feedback, then I can improve upon it and then I never fucking have to hear it again. You know, you can never tell me that I'm unorganized if uh, I go ahead and get organized, you know, right. or you can t- you never tell me that I'm not on time or I'm always late if I always show up, yep. you know, five minutes before. So it's like, once I fix it, I'll never have to hear it. And that makes it better. And it makes me better. I was like that too, for a really long time, bro. I used to, <laughs> I was in sales for a long, really long time. I hated one-on-ones. So one-on-ones is just telling you like, oh, you got to get to this. You got to do this. You got to do that. I used to actually really, 
be weird about people giving me feedback about the podcast. Just same. E- even even if it wasn't like feedback per se, like oh, I thought you could have done this better, but it was like a suggestion. I'm like, I would take it as like a. Oh, so you spent the whole time listening to it, and that's what you you know what I mean? Versus right. like, oh, they listened, they took the time, and they think that this would be dope. They think this would be cool. Like I remember somebody asked me about, and it had been on my brain. It was I I viewed it as like a criticism. Like, oh, you don't have theme music yet? Like they'd be like, Oh, you know what would be dope? If you had your own song, that'd be sick. And the first time I heard that, even though it had been in the back of my mind to do it, I was like, Oh, so you think my shit ain't shit because I don't have a song. Right, right. You can't think of it that way. <laughs> because the minute I got the song, that same person was like, yo, this is so... D-. Like, you know, they celebrated with me. When you make up your mind, stay with it. The majority of people who fail to make the grade are generally easily influenced by the opinions of others, easily swayed. They permit the newspapers and their gossiping neighbors to do their thinking for them. Opinions are the cheapest commodities on earth. Keep your own counsel when you begin to put into practice the principles we're describing here. By reaching your own decisions and following them, take no one into your confidence except the members of your mastermind group. And be very careful in your selection of this group that you choose only those who will be in complete sympathy and harmony with your purpose. Close friends and relatives, while not meaning to do so, often handicap one through opinions and sometimes through ridicule. Thousands of men and women carry inferiority complexes with them all through life because some well-meaning but ignorant person destroyed their confidence through opinions or ridicule. If a decision is worth anything at all, it's worth sticking to until it's been completely worked. I used to be really worried about that. Now that's why I'm like, yo, people, please tell me what you think about the podcast. Because it might be something I haven't thought about. Or it's that kick in the ass to do it. You know, yeah, I was really worried about feedback too, man. It's, you know, it, there's a, a rapper from Chicago. His name's Nico Rogers, huge on his music. He's from the North Side like me. There's aren't, there, there aren't that many people from the North Side that are in the spotlight, specifically in music. There's a lot of like promoters and design, like clothing designers and, you know, uh, just overall curators. I think the North Side deserves more attention from the city of Chicago, for sure. Especially, like, from, from Black people, because we're viewed as, like, a little bit different than the other sides of the West and the South. But he put something up today that said, God, I don't want to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of, like, you have to be obsessed with progress more than you are with comfort in order for you to get anywhere. And I've been thinking about that. In, in different ways, but for him, somebody like me who put that out there, and I, I know for a fact he's obsessed with progress, that was huge. And I think feedback like funnels into that too, where it's like, if you really, really want to get better, you should want to hear what somebody who's like digested whatever you're doing to tell you what they really think. Yeah. Because it'll only progress you. If you're comfortable with where you're at, of course you don't want to hear that. You're like, no, I'm comfortable. I'm good. You can keep your opinion. But most of us would say, oh, no, I'm not comfortable. I'm trying to, trying to. But if you're not willing to hear, or if you're not willing to go the extra mile, if you're not willing to X, Y, Z, 
and your ass is comfortable. So that was that was that was big today. And I always I always shout out Nico, but uh, it just makes me think about feedback. It makes yeah. me think about all the little things that we can do to just just progress just a little bit, or else we're comfortable. Oh yeah, man, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard. People like to do the same things. They like comfort. They like familiarity. Um, yep. I, I think it's important when you're starting out on your journey of seeking feedback to find trusted parties first, you know, people you you can trust people that you really value their opinion and you know, it's not coming from a place of cutting you down because, you know, people like to throw jabs in there if they can, you know what I mean? Just because it makes them feel good because maybe they're not doing something, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Find those people who have either built something or are creating or, you know, our uh, cheerleaders, like your homie, you know, that was like, get the song. It was like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Like, find people that will cheer with you, bro. For sure. And it's crazy because some of those people aren't even the people that you consider to be the closest to you. Isn't that weird? That's that's the the wild shit about it. Yeah. Some are, of course. But it's just like, you know, there's people that I I'm I consider myself super close with that'll probably listen to this, but hey, it is what it is. That don't even come close to as enthusiastic about what I'm trying to do, or I guess even understand how much certain things I'm trying to do mean to me. And everybody's different, right? You know, some people just just don't react to things the same way others do. But there are people who literally. I know you for I knew you for a few years. Here or there, every episode you comment on my shit. Every episode you say something nice to me about it. Every episode you interact with me about it. And I, I feel like I give that to people. So it's just interesting that sometimes it's not reciprocated by the people that you would expect the closest to that would say something like that. It's Bro, like somebody okay. who like I don't know all that well. I think I was talking to Kelsey about that, actually. Yeah. Where, you know, she mentioned, like, something about Ohio Drip where, like, you know, it's not even necessarily, like, some some people, like, have, like, the like the people that are close to you guys don't always, like, have, like, the most enthusiastic thing to say versus, like, somebody that found you guys on Etsy that's like, oh, my God, this shirt, like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. sometimes I think that that's, like, kind of like the comparison hate weird, like, dynamic and it's not even maybe necessarily intentional but it's like you'll love the person that's not so close to you because you think that somehow they're like oh they're dope they're not like you know what i mean yep versus somebody who's right next to you it's like which is why i'm all about like the creators that are at the same level as me yeah i love rick ross and her and blah 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 but it's a nigga named Nico Rogers from my neighborhood that's a cold ass rapper, and I'm gonna rap, I'm gonna rep for him harder. Cause why would I rep for you know, I don't know her like that. I, you know, she's great, she's beautiful. <laughs> Listening to this, you're amazing. Right. <laughs> but you know, I just think that's interesting. It's very interesting. And you know, that's something that I've had to talk through. Yeah. You know? it, it's been an eye-opening experience for me, man. Uh People that you thought would like absolutely ride for you, um, you know, end up coming up way shy of, you know, what you've put out for them or, you know, what you thought it would be based on 
you know, how the relationship has been in the past and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it hurts, you know, being honest, but I think you move forward and you begin to form relationships with those who do ride for you. And, uh, man, you're talking about crates and stuff earlier. I saw this quote that was like, um, it was like, niggas will stack crates with you, but won't stack bread with you. Why we love to see each other fall, you know? <laughs> I was like, damn. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to they want to see your ass crack your fucking neck. Yeah, man, that's that's fucking hilarious. This whole crate thing is is hysterical to me. Me too, like, man. Whoever like was the first person to put that up on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, like I hope that they somehow obviously it's kind of like an age-old thing, but that they somehow get something out of that. Like, I don't know if it's monetary, I don't know if it's influence if it's whatever but because now it's going to cross over and you know i made my little joke about the fact that it's going to be you know some show on nbc after or after abc on abc after survivor hosted by like some like by jason bateman or some shit like <laughs> some kid in the hood was like yo let's do this on a saturday i hope that person gets some gets some real love for it this thing that yeah. literally is sweeping the nation sweeping the nation bro like every meme that i've seen in the past like Two weeks, it seems like it's been about crates. Like and the Orlando Magic mascots, like walking on crates. Like, what is going on here? You I don't know? know. I don't know. It's wild, man. I hope whoever that was, like, gets with some manufacturer and gets a crate deal, and yeah. you know, ends up selling their crates um, to you know at some low cost to whoever's still using crates. I didn't know people were even using crates still, but whoever is still using all these crates, like maybe. You know, let these people sell their crates to them and make some bread off of that. Are people even drinking enough milk for this? Like, right, like, know, what the all, fuck? All the uh, alternatives, almond, oat, you know, uh, soy milk. Are we even putting, like, dairy crates in these, dairy milk in these crates? In the, I don't know what's going on. I don't know, man. I don't know where, where they're coming from. I saw, I saw some other memes that were like, the CIA is putting those crates out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. Like, well, what, how would that bring us down? I mean, I right. guess getting people hurt. But, yeah, man, it's funny. I was rolling. Black, black people will find humor in a, a lot of shit. Talk, speaking of trauma and, you know, I think we as a people are just hilarious. We, fi we find ways to smile. We make jokes about shit that we probably shouldn't. <laughs> just like, you know, because the CIA has definitely probably done shit like that before. And, like, it's, it may have hurt our community at some point, but look at us making jokes about it. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, memes about it. It's very interesting. I think so too, man. But I think comedy is the way that people deal with trauma. And sure. I mean, that's why, like, you know, a lot of comedians talk about real shit that's going on in society because oh, yeah. you got to laugh about it to deal with it, man. Those, those are my, probably my biggest idols. And, you know, like, you know, I got this office now, studio slash whatever it is. And I got, I got Paul Mooney in here. I got Dave Chappelle in here. I got Bernie Mac in here. Like these people who like, even Dave Chappelle, like currently, I feel like a lot of the specials he's put out haven't even been comedy specials. He's just like talking about what's going on and like he cracks a joke here or there and it's funny, but it's like, you know, Dick Gregory is another one. Like all these guys who like are really like kind of activist to a point. Yeah. They were fucking hilarious. But they were able to pull humor out of some of the most wretched shit. Um, you know, 
I, I just think that, that, and they're geniuses because they're able to do that. And um, some of them crossed over to the point where their comedy was comedy to some, but social commentary to others. And it allowed more people to just to be aware of what was going on in those said situations. It's, it's incredible. Um, and I think that's what podcasts have the ability to do is there's some humor, there's some truth, there's some sad shit. I think the best podcasters are able to balance all of that. I think somebody like Dick Gregory or, or Paul Mooney would have had a fire podcast. Like, Oh like my God, bro. Oh, can you imagine a Paul Mooney podcast? That would be oh my God. nuts. It, it, hours long. Um, I was even laughing, and this obviously isn't a black man, but Bill Burr. Bill Burr, Bill Burr is like the one podcast that I would listen to before I started mine. That was a one-voice podcast of him just kind of like doing his thing. And if you really listen to his podcast, obviously he's a comedian, and he's fucking hilarious. Like, I pale in comparison to how funny this dude is. But a lot of it's just like commentary on shit. Um, yeah, I mean, comedians have a special way especially those in our community, because, you know, there's a lot of pain, but they just have a special way of taking something that's like not so hot, flipping it on its head, telling the truth about it, but making it funny. Oh, yeah. And, and using the nuance of everyday situations, like to make it relatable. And um, yeah. I think it's just that takes skill and ability to be able to communicate that so like succinctly and uh, at the same time, like paint this vivid picture in a way that so many people can see and they find humor. Like it's, yeah. that's, that is an underrated skill, man. Yeah. And there's vulnerability to it too. I, I bet the best comedians are in therapy. Oh yeah. I, I, would, I would have to imagine that they are because some of the shit that they talk about is so painful. It's like, y'all ass might get on there and cry <laughs> trying to tell this joke if you don't haven't worked through it. So maybe one day, maybe one day we'll do a fucking live podcast show It'll have a comedy element to it. We'll have a performance. We'll have a DJ. Let's put it out there, bro. Bro, that sounds like an event that might need to take place. You know, it sounds like we might need to get that on the books. You know, have V produce it. You know small. what I mean? Start small. You cannot entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can voluntarily hand over to it any plan, desire, or purpose which you wish transformed into concrete form. No one knows very much about what we call the subconscious or unconscious mind. We do know that it is incalculably powerful and can solve our problems if we go about using it the right way. And the best way is to hold in your conscious mind as often as possible a clear picture of yourself already having accomplished your goal. You know what you want, define it clearly, and then project it on the motion picture screen of your mind. Hold it. See yourself doing the things and having the things you'll have when your objective will have been reached. Do this as often as possible as you go about your daily work, and particularly at night, just before you go to sleep, and the first thing upon arising. As you do this, your subconscious will begin to lead you in the most logical ways toward your objective. Don't fight it. Follow your sudden hunches, the ideas that come into your mind, knowing that it's your subconscious trying to get through to your conscious mind. If you'll keep at this, You'll be amazed and delighted by the wonderful ideas that just seem to come from nowhere. In the next principle, we'll talk some more about this sixth sense that seems to control the lives of the great men and women. But it comes from a systematic triggering of the subconscious mind. 
The lives of the great men and women, which seem miraculous to the average person, are nothing more than the fulfillment of their burning desires through the power of their subconscious minds. Time means nothing to your subconscious. A man could work steadily at his job for 40 years and not accomplish as much as is possible in three or four years through the proper working of this principle. Your subconscious mind cannot remain idle. If you fail to plant desires in your subconscious mind, it will feed upon the thoughts which reach it as a result of your neglect. Remember that you're living daily in the midst of all manner of thought impulses which are reaching your subconscious mind without your knowledge. Some of these impulses are negative, some are positive. You are now engaged in trying to help shut off the flow of negative impulses and to aid in voluntarily influencing your subconscious mind through positive impulses of desire. When you achieve this, you will possess the key which unlocks the door to your subconscious mind. Bro, so uh, I want to revisit something you said a little bit earlier since we've been talking about celebrities a little bit. And you were like, uh, you know, I know I talk about celebrities on my podcast. Uh, you don't talk about them in a tabloid style, man. You use them as uh, tools to teach lessons. And I think that's what I find intriguing about your podcast because um, we talk about that ability to, you know, take that nuance and take those things that people can relate to and tell a story with it. Well, that's what you do. You know what I mean? So you you said that you're not one of the greats, but like what what else? But continuing to do it will get there. Yeah, you know what I mean. So sure. bringing it full circle, that consistency piece, even down to like you know, I I know we talked about this the last time. The first podcast that you did, the first podcast I did, <laughs> is like light years different than the so last different. one you put out. So yeah, you're right. Like you know. The only way that you'll ever get better, and I, I'm looking at these photos and I realize I didn't say Martin Lawrence on here, who's like literally one of the goats. But yeah, the you know, even down to some of these dudes, like, you know, I watch a lot of content. I have a decent amount of time. I work in social media now, so I'm always on my phone. And I, you know, I'll go back and watch a Paul Mooney stand up when he was, you know, writing for Richard Pryor or what have you. Like, yeah, these dudes were... Who Paul Mooney was at the height at the Apollo was definitely not who he was when he was like 20-something years old and writing for Richard Pryor. Yeah. So. And I mean, listen to old Eddie Murphy, man. Listen to, I forget what the joint was called. Oh, man, it's slipping my mind. When he had the all red, uh, red leather get up on. Delirious, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, like some of those, some of those jokes, man, like you tell it, I was like, ah, that's kind of cringe today. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so it's like... Adapting. These people, these people have evolved and changed, and I think that's that's what it takes. And you just get better and stuff. Um, I've been wondering how you get through so much content, bro, because you find stuff for fly shit only. I'm like, bro, how's he listening to whole albums and like reviewing movies and watching shows? Like, what is he doing? How are you coming up with this system? You know, yeah. talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. So you know, it's funny when I started the podcast, I created this this segment, fly shit only, and it was just like. That's honestly what I thought I wanted to name the podcast. Um, but there was this whole thing with like, should I put a swear in the title? And I actually don't even think it was available. And, um, but it was, it was definitely something that I wanted to incorporate was just because I, I love music. I love television. I love, I just love like watching creators. Like, um, when Malcolm and Marie came out on Netflix with Zendaya and John David Washington, like I've watched that movie came out maybe last year. I've watched it like 10 times. I'm just like, 
enthralled with the fact that these two people helped produce this movie. They came up with, it's all dialogue and they just killed it. I'm just like in, like in love with that type of shit. And I always have been. Like we're, we're the YouTube generation, right? We're like, yep. we can, some of us don't even have like, you know, real TV. We can just sit on YouTube all day. Um, with the whole like moving to Nashville, me working from home now, my wife has gone all day. She's working hard and, and doing her thing. I have the time to do it. Um, I'm, I try to, my damnedest to keep up to date with what's coming. That's like the biggest part is knowing what's coming. What artist is, is dropping this EP on Friday. Um, and when shit drops technically Thursday night, I have about, depending on when I record, sometimes I'm recording Saturday afternoon. Sometimes I'm recording Friday. I just power through. So a lot of my flash it only sometimes isn't like the deepest dive, but oftentimes it is because I, I was like, I got to get to this. I got to hear this. I want people to hear my reaction. And I, I feel like a fiduciary duty at this point <laughs> to put people onto some shit that they may not have missed. Like, yo, if you don't listen to anything this week, you got to hear the new Nas album. King's Disease 2 is amazing. He did this, this, and this. You got to check it out. Push play on this. Because I just feel like there's something to art that does something for people that other things can't do. Like, I grew up playing sports, and, you know, I love them. But, and there's an art to sport, too, of course. Like, obviously, there's people like Kobe and, you know, obviously, God rest his soul, that did things for athletes. But I just feel like there's something about art that appeals to everybody. Not everybody likes sports. Everybody likes music. We may not all like the same music, but everybody likes music. Everybody likes movies. Everybody likes somebody performing this type of art. So with that and just being like this whole, my, my real purpose is just to put a spotlight on creators because I'm one, you're one. I just push myself to do it and I have the time. Um, and every now and then I'll miss something and I'll go back and talk about it. Because I just feel like it's, it's important. But it's definitely, I think the key is knowing that something's coming so that I can kind of plan for it. Like, ooh, we got to, and Veronica, <laughs> you know, you probably have this. Y'all sit down and watch a movie. And I'd be wanting, you know, as much as I want people on my podcast to hear what I say and then them watch it, I want her to watch it as in, deeply, as intentively as I am. Yeah. She's on yeah. her phone. Yeah, yeah. She's fucking with a dog. She's like, can you pause that? I'm going to get some popcorn. It's like, no, this is... You, you decided to talk right when they revealed who, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's, I, that's, I think it's just part of my personality is just wanting people to take in this performance of whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, it's definitely time. It's preparation. And I just think it's part of like who I am, you know. I have a lot of concerts. Now that they're coming back, we're going to go to a ton of shows. I got to see some shit live too. You know, that'll be a that'll be a new wave of fly shit only coming most likely because didn't have it before. Fly shit only grab a glass started fly shit only started when we we're in a pandemic, there were no shows. So now I'll be able to say, Oh, I saw J. Cole in Oakland on this tour. He's coming to these cities, you better go check it out. That'll be really cool too. 
looking forward to the content that's going to come out as a result of that, man. I think that's yeah. going to be really cool. You mentioned one thing about sports and, uh, you know, people relating to sports, people relating to movies, um, people listening to music. And we talked about that in the beginning, like, you know, it's something that centers you and it grounds you. And I, I think that's really true, man. Um, who is someone that you've looked up to in that arena? I know you mentioned Nico being from your hood. Mm-hmm. Um, who's someone that you've looked up to in that arena? And uh, what's some philosophy or some gems that you could drop on people based on that person to finish this pot off, man? You thinking from a sports standpoint or from a, a music standpoint or both? I'm going to leave it a fly shit open. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I'll give you a couple. Um, And I actually put some people on. I actually asked a couple, uh, maybe it was like a week and a half ago. I don't know. You answered it. I put it on my, that's the other thing I love. It's like putting people in a precarious position in terms of choosing one thing or the other when it comes to the arts or sports or whatever. I asked, what was the sexiest R&B song of all time? That was a good one. And the reason that came up is because this happens to me often. Like, I'll just start singing a random song. And I don't know where it comes from. I haven't heard it in forever, but it just... Or maybe it's like I heard something and that word popped up and that song came into my head. But I started singing uh, Last Night by As Yet. And I was like, this has got to be the sexiest R&B song of all time. I was like, oh, God. I got to ask people what they think the sexiest R&B songs of all time. Um, and my wife put Sabrina Claudio. I forget which song she put. But we just recently watched her perform one of her old albums on YouTube. It was a, an anniversary. She's somebody that some, a lot of people should check out. And the reason why I gravitate towards her and I think she's so good is because and if she's listening to this, because I know a lot of people will listen to this. I, th- I mean this in the best way possible, I swear. She's not the greatest vocalist ever. Can sing her ass off, but she's not the greatest vocalist ever. But somehow that gets covered up by simply her confidence. This, like, if people get a chance to watch her most recent YouTube video, this performance, you'll be like, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She's just like the most confident person. She's quirky. She's awkward. She's confident. And I feel like a lot of the greats have that confidence in themselves. And I don't know if it comes from the work. I don't know if it comes from just their belief, but what have you. That's just kind of on the top of my mind. Um, I think about people like Nipsey Hussle and Rick Ross. And say what you will about those people, what have you. You know, everybody thinks, oh, this rapper, this rapper, whatever. The reason why I gravitate to those two dudes is because they literally were committed to the long-haul process. Rick Ross wrote for a decade for people before he ever had a hit record. Wrote for 10 years, knowing that he could do this XYZ. Kanye is probably like that, too, where they told him he couldn't be a rapper. Nipsey always talks about the marathon. I'm just, people who are, like, eerily patient, with that confidence, I always gravitate towards. I'm like obsessed with this, this whole concept of patience. I hate it. Can't fucking stand it. Nobody likes being patient. <laughs> right. But these people who are, are obsessed with being the tortoise and not the hare. Uh, I think that might, that might be one of my next tats. It's some, some, some sort of scenic 
tortoise and the hare. The tortoise always wins, bro. They always do. That's fire. And, and from a sports standpoint, man, I mean, I could talk about a lot of people. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about the guys that took a different route, even down to like the dudes who went to HBCUs. There's a lot of Hall of Famers from HBCUs in the NFL. Those dudes weren't supposed to make it to the fucking NFL. They didn't even go to like the big school. Yeah. You know, they were just that fucking good. They were just that good that, you know, the scouts, even in the times where they weren't even, a, like, looking in those places, were like, yo, we got to go see this dude. You know, Walter, and, you know, I think about Shannon Sharp because we see his face every day. Like, these dudes didn't go to big schools. So those are the people that had this, you know, it, it takes a lot because I'm sure they wanted to. They believed in themselves that they could. I'll go to HBCU. They'll find me. It'll work out. I'm not the greatest vocalist ever. You'll find me. It'll work out. I'll write for 10 years. You'll find me. It'll work out. Because I'm not... Isaiah Thomas is the, uh, the younger one, not the one from the Bad Boys Detroit Pistons that played for the Celtics. Um, he says this thing where it's like, you know, he wants to be back in the NBA. Everybody, you know, people get on social media and laugh because he's 5'9", even though he's literally averaged like 30 points in the NBA. But he always says... I never cheated the game. I never cheated the game. So I'll be back in the NBA. I work hard. My karma's good. I've, I've never cheated the game. I will be back. It's those people that I feel like I gravitate the most to. People are just like, you'll see. I don't have to talk crazy about it. I'm confident and I'll get there. Those hey, are most definitely those people, yeah. That's what's up, man. That's a... Uh... It reminds me a lot of Adam Small, bro, in the camp he's put together. I know we For both sure. connected with him and For sure. uh, Gino the Ghost, you know, those guys. Gino is the, that's the guy, man. Yeah, like Adam's not supposed to be where he's at. On paper. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, I gravitate towards those people for sure. Dudes were patient, man, and they made it pop. And uh, that's why I think that you're going to get signed, bro. You talk about being, you know, podcasters, get, get signed to a major label. Yeah. I think it's going to happen, bro. I hope so. And I think it will too. Yeah. Well, hey, it's always great talking to you, man. And we'll course, definitely have bro. to do this again. Yeah. We'll host you a grab a glass here shortly. Hell you yeah. Sounds Home good, home, brother. You like hey, of course, bro. Yeah. All right. I'll be in touch soon, man. All right, family.